Welcome to another episode of Yesterday's Capers. I'm Abdullah Molim and every week I'll be bringing you the very best shows from the past that the world has to offer. Happy Black History Month! Yes, it's that time again and for the next month we'll be looking back at some of the most memorable black cartoons and TV shows. This week we got Malcolm and Eddie, Between Brothers and The Wyan Bros. Three 90s black sitcoms and we'll be ranking these shows from three down to one. So, let's get started. And joining me as ever, it's producer Paul. Hey man, how's it going? Happy Black History Month. Can you believe it? It's already October. Yeah, I know. It's crazy, right? It's just flown by. I know. It just feels like I was doing Black History Month on February yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Um, just quickly, I just wanted to put you on the spot a little bit. I know we didn't speak about this before. We normally have a little chat. Um, so, um, Lewis Hamilton, right, has launched the um, initiative for, um, I think it's like We Re- Races 1. So he's trying to get more black drivers into Formula 1, um, which I think is fantastic. I think it's absolutely brilliant what he's doing. And he's done loads of like um, who shot Rihanna Taylor on his on his shirt and stuff like that. He got a bit in trouble with the FIA for that. And so he's doing his protests. I think they're really cool. Anyway, that's not what I want to talk about. Um, they're doing the uh, Black Lives Matter protest at the beginning of every single race now which is brilliant. Um, some drivers are standing, some are kneeling. I just wanted to get your thoughts on the whole standing kneeling thing. Well, because originally when Colin Kaepernick did it, it was a case of, oh, I'm not going to be a part of the national anthem and I'm not going to do it. And then obviously everyone was like up in arms going, well, why are you not doing that? What's, what's wrong with you? Don't you care about America? And then Colin Kaepernick went to go speak to a soldier or, or, or vet. And he was saying, look, this is how I feel. Racial injustice. I want to protest because I think he was saying that there was something in the American national anthem that wasn't quite right. And he didn't feel like it was appropriate for him to stand and put his hand over his heart. And so I think the soldier told him, look, the best way to do it with respecting is if you kneel. You can kind of be there for the anthem. But obviously, if you want to protest and do your thing, then he's like, just take a knee. It's the most respectful way to kind of do your protest. And you're still going to be there for the anthem. But obviously, that was not enough for some people. And so they were like, oh, look at him kneeling. What an idiot. Doesn't care. Doesn't care. And all that stuff. And now, fast forward a few years later, it, it seems like everybody's doing it now. Yeah, exactly. Got like most of the drivers on the grid are, are kneeling in support. Um, obviously all drivers are supporting. Every single one of them are supporting, wearing the t-shirts, and actually participating in the protests. It's just, yeah, some some kneel, some don't. I just wanted to get your thoughts. That was. All. I mean, it depends on what they feel. Ultimately, kneeling is is one thing, but I think there's another thing. So, like, um, there was a game between I think QPR and Coventry, and the players didn't kneel. And so there was like this big outcry going, oh, how come these players ain't kneeling? And so Les Ferdinand, who was a former footballer, he's the um, director at QPR. And so he was like, why is everyone having a go at me? He's like, the reason why the players are not kneeling is because he's like, it's like an empty, empty gesture. What are we doing after that? And he was kind of comparing it with the NHS clapping, you know, clap for carers. He was like, yeah, we were doing it, but after a while, we stopped doing it. It doesn't mean we don't care for the NHS. It doesn't mean we don't appreciate them. In the same hand as if we're not kneeling, it doesn't mean that we don't care about Black Lives Matter or we don't care about 
you know, the plight of, 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 of black people. It just means that we want to kind of do more and we want to try and kind of, you know, action speak louder than words kind of thing. And I think that was what he was trying to say. And ultimately, I think it might be a case where, yeah, actions speak louder than words. If If you're about it, then your actions, it will kind of reflect in, in your actions. If you're about it, about it. And if you're not, and you're just standing up because you think, oh, I don't like Black Lives Matter because it's a Marxist movement as I'm reading in on on everywhere, then it's like, yeah, you can go suck a lemon for all I care. <laughs> cool, thanks. So it's uh yeah, I think I think that's uh that's that. And yeah, obviously for newer listeners, because obviously we're getting new listeners all the time. In the months of October and February, we'll be concentrating solely on black TV shows and black cartoons for Black History Month. Black History Month in the UK is in October. And we also do a Black History Month in February for America because we've got a a fair bunch of American listeners. And I thank each and every one of you for listening and downloading yesterday's capers. And uh, obviously, we want to try and do as much black history month and black shows and and whatnot and these are the two months that we do it in so uh so we're gonna start with the wine bros because that was the show that came out first out of the three we're doing and it came out in january 1995 and some of the things happening in the world the world trade organization is established to replace the general agreement on tariffs and trade Austria, Finland and Sweden join the European Union. The murder trial against OJ Simpson begins in LA. House Guest was in the cinemas. And Here Comes the Hot Stepper by Aini Kamozi was in the charts or Ini Kamozi, however way you want to say it. Um, so the Wyans Bros. So this was a American sitcom TV series starring real life brothers Sean and Marlon Wyans. And yeah, so it stars them as being Sean and Marlon Williams and their brothers who lived in an apartment on the 117th Street in Harlem. Sean owns a local newsstand and he and his brother Marlon work there on a daily basis. And in the second season, the newsstand and Pops Joint, which was the restaurant that was owned by their father, John Williams or Pops. It was moved downtown to the fictional Niedermeyer building in the Rockefeller Center. And the show's official title, which was probably the best thing about this show, was uh, Electric Relaxation by A Tribe Called Quest absolutely love that group they're incredible and yeah so it kind of starts off with them in their normal clothes and they're trying to help an old woman who gets hit by a bus and and yeah it it shows the brothers inside the bus with the title of the show underneath obviously it starts with them wearing like stereotypical 1970s clothes and they're you know, supposed to be doing like a satirical thing of like 1970s urban sitcom. And then it kind of transitions into the electric relaxation. As I said, some of the characters, so there's Sean, Marlon, John and Deirdre. And uh, just a quick thing about the Wyans family, because they're quite a big thing in terms of like comedy and whatnot. 
So obviously, yeah, they're American show business comedian family. The members include Shantae Wyans, Damon Wyans Sr., Kim Wyans, Marlon Wyans, Damon Wyans, and Keenan Wyans, and Sean Wyans. And some of their most famous works include the Scary Movie film series, the Wyans Bros, obviously, In Living Color, White Chicks, My Wife and Kids, and uh, Little Man. That's a pretty damn good TV. I don't know about that. But we'll uh, get into that now. So uh, what did you think of this show and maybe the Wyans in general? Um, so this show was just like a kind of like um, generic like uh, sitcom, American sitcom at the time kind of thing going on with it's like, um, it's almost like watching a play, isn't it? It's like um, you can almost see the side of the set not being there. Uh, and all the cameras and the crew on the other side of it and it's yeah and it's i don't know man it it, it was it was okay um the it has got a couple of redeeming factors the first of all pops I, I love pops um i loved the fact that they were watching dumb and dumber in the first scene of the first thing that we walk in and they're watching dumb and dumber which is probably my favorite movie in terms of like comedy movies probably my favorite movie i could watch it 100 times and still not get bored um uh, yeah, that was just two redeeming factors. I mean, okay. So the Wyans have a very certain style of comedy. It's very apparent when I watch this. It's very apparent when I watch My Wife and Kids. And all of their films, they just have this certain style. And it's not for me. It really isn't. And some of it, I kind of find it borderline cringe with their comedy because they'll go over the top with it they'll do the they'll they'll overact like almost like will smith style overacting and it's like i don't i mean maybe in if i was watching this in 95 this would have been hilarious ah, this is so funny but you know, I, I I never really understood why a lot of people loved my wife and kids. I mean, I thought it was at best, at best, I thought it was a pretty average show. Yeah, see, I liked my wife and kids. And there were moments in this, like, one thing you've got to say about it, it's very clean, it's very easy to watch, and it's very, like, um, and, you know, it's not, it's not, do you know, like, sometimes you get comedies and you'd be like, oh, you know, that was a bit much, or... Um, too close to the line or something like that if you want something straight down the middle of the road like this is this this is the one and and i, I it was very easy to watch and the episodes have fit, like seemed fairly quick I, I didn't hate this by any means um um uh but like i said it was very much like i think you, you kind of like my wife and kids and when you said that i was like okay i can kind of see because it is a kind of they're acting to the audience that are there rather than to the audience at home that's what i feel like anyway yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah, I see what you mean. I know what you're talking about in terms of pops. Like John Witherspoon, he's like a great actor. He's like legendary. He's like OG, OG. I think he passed away last year. He was also in the Boondocks as uh, the granddad. Oh, really? That's him, yeah. But no, like John Witherspoon, he's just, yeah, like a, he's, he's, he, he's great. He's really, really great. I, I did, yeah, there were a couple of bits where I thought, ha ha, this is actually quite funny. And, you know, there was, um, 
we'll talk about it in terms of episodes, but like even like when Roy Jones Jr. was like guest starring, like he was. Uh, I think I think we watched the same episode. Yeah, he couldn't. He couldn't keep a straight face. He, you could tell he just looked like he wanted to laugh so badly. So I mean, it was kind of, you know, it was it was it was okay in uh, in in that sense. So uh, let's uh, let's go right into episodes. I know the first one was Goop. Here it is. That's the pilot, I believe. Oh, okay. So I watched one about when they're moving house, that they move out, which I thought was episode one. I mean, it said episode one, but obviously when I looked it up, yeah. So I know the first episode was Goop, here it is. And yeah, so it basically starts off with uh, Marlon. He's upset because he didn't, he wasn't like able to um, get in the club because he's got like uh, bad hair. Like they were like, oh, you got really bad hair. So we're not going to let you in the club tonight and whatnot. And so he's thinking, you know what? I want to try and um, take over like a a grooming product so that I can try and um, try and get into clubs and 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 look good. And he basically makes himself like new hair, and so he's able to get into the club. And he's all like, "Oh my god, I love my new hair." I feel, and he's like, "Oh, I feel like a white guy now. You know, I can get into clubs without hesitation or or, or anything like that." And so he's like, "You know what? Maybe we can kind of make more of these." And so what they decide to do is try and get money for an infomercial, and they're trying to come up with names. And so they come up with Goop Hair It Is or Goop Hair It Is. They just kept saying like that, and it was so irritating i almost felt like <laughs> switching it off when they just kept saying oh we got a new hair product and it's called goop hair is. and it's like just say goop hair it is you know from the classic whoop there it is whoop there it is and and just in case you didn't know yeah that so, was going uh, straight over my head <laughs> okay yeah so there you go yeah <laughs> you and every other white person who's listening to uh the pod yeah they're going, oh, yeah, thanks, man. I didn't know. <laughs> but now you know. Whoop, there it is. And so they're trying to get, like, a, a celebrity to do it. And they're thinking, oh, it's Ben Vereen. I don't even know who Ben Vereen is. They're like, oh, look, Ben Vereen, let's get him. And then he's like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to do it. And so they get Gary Coleman to do it. Do you know who Gary Coleman is? Yeah, I know who Gary Coleman is. Okay, there you go. Yeah, I was about to say, like, we're just talking about Willis. You don't know Gary Coleman? <laughs> <laughs> so he's 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 in the episode. I thought I actually thought his cameo was really good in this. And so he comes in and he's like, oh, "Okay, I'll be the celebrity spokesperson." And so they have to do a, a live like uh, infomercial, and they can't find the monitor. So every time they're like, "Oh, they're trying to look where the hard camera is," and they it's switch. Yeah, so they're like yeah. trying to look and they're trying to find it. And he's like, um, um, um. That gag, I love that gag where it's like turn, cut, turn, cut. Yes, brilliant. Yeah, well, yeah. And so uh, obviously the infomercial is he's trying to get into a club, but he can't and he's in a wheelchair. And all of a sudden he puts on the the product and all of a sudden he's like dancing and whatnot. And they're like going to the uh, live audience going, oh, we're going to sell it for 60 bucks. 
But for you, the listening audience today, we're going to sell it for $59.99. Woo! <laughs> and it starts to burn Gary Coleman's hair. And they're like, oh, oh, there's nothing wrong with your hair. And then it starts to burn Sean and, and Marlon's hair. And everyone's like, oh, whoa, whoa, what's happening? What's happening? And everyone's laughing at them. And yeah, Jay just basically uh, falls apart. Yeah. So uh, what's the next episode you watch? Because the ones I watched were from season three and the finale, which was... The yeah, so I watched. Movie. I only watched two episodes of each show today. So I watched um, this one... Well, I thought it was episode one, but it's one where... Um, uh, so basically, so Sean and uh, Marlon obviously live together, right? Yeah. And um, they kind of... The whole idea is they get, they get fed up and they move out and then they come back together at the end. So um, they come in and... Uh, I think it's Marlon and is it Mike, the white guy? Um, are watching Dumb and Dumber on TV. Yeah. Uh, and gotta say, as soon as it came on, I was like, yes, this is going to be my show. Um, and then it went like quite dramatically downhill from there. So, um, so Sean brings uh, a woman called Toya home and Marlon has Mike there. First, I thought there was, there's a bit of kind of romantic interest between Marlon and Mike. Um, because they were both acting very camp towards one another, and I was a bit like, "Are we? Are, is that already?" And then, um, uh, but that was that wasn't. They literally just didn't mention it again. But um, uh, uh, so so basically, they're kind of teasing. Um, they're teasing Marlon, saying, "Oh yeah, um, uh, you bring." Uh, I think he said something about Toy, and he goes, "Oh, you must be the girl that done that. You must be the girl that done that." And it's kind of like teasing her, and she kind of gets fed up and, and, and leaves. Um, and then basically, um, and, and then Sean gets the hump and says, right, you got to go. Um, but you can, um, and, and then when Marlon leaves, he goes, all right, I'm going to go, but can I keep my job? Um, so Marlon comes back to get his stuff. Um, and it turns out he's moving with Mike and Mike's basically this like ridiculous character. He's like the stupid one. If you see what I mean? Um, no kind of real respect there. Um, and, and this guy called TC moves in with Sean and he's kind of this like, um, how can I say it? There's a character, but I can't really think who, who it is now, but he, he's kind of this like, um, real smooth guy. And he's like, he's got a conk and stuff like that. And, and he's like real into his grooming and stuff. Um, and he wakes up in the basically wakes up in the morning, and uh, TC's kind of like he's got loud music playing. He's got his blender on the go, making his little juice. And then Sean just comes in, like um, looks at him and throws the blender out the window. <laughs> and, um, uh, and Marlon uh, Marlon's having a similar problems. So basically, Mike's alarm clock's going off. It's going off and off and off, and he's just sleeping through it. So he gets up and he smashes it. And he says, what What time did you set your alarm for? And he goes, oh, about like, I don't know, 10, 11, 12. And it turns out that that's like, he's late for work. Um, and he says, okay, I'll just jump in the shower and then I'll I'll head to work then. And then Mike's like, well, we don't have any hot water. We don't have any heating. We don't have any phone. Um, and he goes, I haven't been able to pay my bills, but since you're moved in, maybe we can turn them back on again. Um, and then... Um, when they go to, I think this, they go to their, um, their, their, their dad's at the um, newsstand uh, and he tries to give him the belt uh, for not listening to them when it comes to like telling them uh, not to move in. 
Um, and when he gets back, uh, so when uh, Sean gets back, TC's changed the whole apartment, and he's doing his like kind of regime, and like uh, he's got his, his hair in a in a thing, and and he's got oil everywhere and stuff like that. And um, uh, and then so basically, Marlon and Sean are having issues with their roommates. Uh, but they, when they see each other, the whole kind of like sitcom thing where they're like, oh, no, it's fine. Actually, it's fine. But they're really like they're dying inside. Uh, so they just they, they they come clean with each other and just say, oh, I hate it. And Mike's rubbish and TC's rubbish. And they, they decide to lift over again. And then and then when it kind of cuts away, um, they uh, pops pays them, pays TC and uh, Mike to, you know, because he paid them to be irritating so that they get kicked out. Um, and then he said, oh, I thought you could give us $50 each. And he goes, no, $50 between you. And they kind of give him a bit of uh, sass back. Uh, so he takes off his belt and tries to chase them with it. <laughs> um, so the next episode I watched was actually Series 5. I think it was the last one. It was the boxing one. Yeah, Nicole, yeah, Robert. Yeah, yeah, I watched that too. So we'll save that for later. And then in between all of that, I watched Season 3, Episode 4, Got to Have a J-O-B. So basically, it starts off with Sean and D, and they're talking about pickup lines and how bad they are. And Sean reads out to one one random girl, and it works. I think the pickup. I think it was something along the lines of, um, "Oh, do you have a quarter? Phone your mum and tell her you're not coming home tonight." No, it's not that, but um, <laughs> it's, it's 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 along those lines, and it's like, um, yeah you can call and he goes because i want to call my mama and tell her i'm in love so she falls for that and then marlon walks in and he's like hey i got the gig i'm gonna be in a malt liquor commercial and you know i get 500 bucks and a whole bunch of malt liquor and so yeah and then the ad is just basically them sitting on a on a stoop and they're like basically singing and it's just like a really stereotypical ad and they're like basically promoting malt liquor and going, yeah, you know, drink this, y'all, it's malt liquor. And then so one of the uh, white producer guys, so they're all like gathering, they're all in the cafe or whatever, and they're all talking amongst themselves. And then the white guy, he, he's trying to get their attention, but he can't because obviously, you know, he's in amongst loud black people. So he's like, oh, what it is, homeboys and hood rats? And everyone turns around like, <laughs> did you just say that, fool? And so he's like, oh, we want you to um, be a spokesperson and we want you to rep this malt liquor company even more. And so he's like, okay, yeah, I'll do it. And then he's basically getting gifts for everybody. He got uh, Pops a Howard Melvin and the Blue Notes jacket, which is like apparently his favorite Motown group. And for Sean, he gets two months rent. So he's like, oh, wow, two months rent. And he goes, okay, so that's another 11 months to go then. And he goes, oh, oh, everybody, everybody come and watch my uh, new ad. And the new ad basically offends everybody. Oh, okay, so basically there's a guy in a job center, a black guy, and he goes, oh, come on, lady. I want a job, man. I want a J-O-B. And so he comes out like he's super freak or someone. He's got like sunglasses. He's got like dreaded hair coming down. He goes, oh, y'all want a job? Ha, ha, ha. He's just basically like throwing malt liquor. Actually, what was funny was he actually smashes it over his head. He smashes it over his head. I'm like, what are you doing? That actually made me laugh. He's so smashing it over his head. He goes, 
y'all want a J-O-B? Uh, uh, uh. And everyone's watching it going, yeah, this ain't it, dude. And so everyone walks away. Pops is like, you know what? You can have this jacket back. I don't want it. This is, you know, really embarrassing. And Sean is like, yeah, I feel exactly the same. But I'm not going to give you back the rent money you gave me as a present. I'm going to keep that. <laughs> and so Marlon's like, you know what? I'm I'm getting money. I'm getting paid. I'm not going to change. Like, if you don't like it, then it's up to you. And then he sees like a little kid getting his autograph. And the little kid's like, oh, why should I go to school? Because I'm going to get a J-O-B. Woo! You're the man and all this stuff. And so he realizes, okay, look, maybe this is a bad influence. And the white guy comes along and he's like, oh, we're going to change the commercial and we're going to do all this and this and this. And and Sean comes with him and he's like, oh, I bet you there's going to be a pimp on the stage. And you just see like this guy like with a purple jacket and a hat <laughs> walking with his little stick. And it's like, oh, my God, it's the typical. And he's, like, oh, and he's got hot wings oh and all God. this stuff. And so... He's like, and then and then obviously Sean's like, so what exactly? He goes, oh, so why don't you try and aim this uh, commercial for other people, like other audiences, so like people who are in big cities, in offices and whatnot. And so the white guy is like, oh, so this commercial, it's for, you know, inner city, 20-something, beeper wearers, members of the urban fraternal organizations. And so Marlon's like, you know what? I'm not going to do this. This is this is rubbish. But obviously the white guy's like, you know, you sign a contract. So you're mine, N-word. And obviously you didn't say that, but... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, whoa. <laughs> whoa, it's like a turn for the worst. Whoa. <laughs> the middle one. Yeah. <laughs> but no, he... And then, and then obviously Marlon and Sean are like, you know what? If these guys want stereotype, then we're going to give them stereotype. And so they just basically act a fool in the advert and they just pour all the um, the drink all over the white executive guy. I didn't even get his name. And then he comes back and he's like, and then obviously Marlon as a joke is going, oh, you know what? I might do a new ad called uh, Kunta Cola. And he's like, it's so good. It's going to chop your leg off. And he's like hopping around. Okay, I mean, this episode was actually kind of funny. Okay, whatever. And, uh, yeah, the last episode, Rope-A-Dope. You're the boxing fan, so uh, you can take away this one. Yeah, I really enjoyed this one, actually. Um, so, um, there's a bit you're going to have to fill in the gaps for me because I, I got confused at one part. So, anyway, so, Pop, it starts off and he's in the um, he's in this kind of like little restaurant and Pops is going for all this boxing stuff and his stuff is literally going to be, like, would be worth millions of pounds. It's, it's really funny though because it starts off, he's like, I've got um, a boxing glove from someone um, like, and then he's like, I've got a, uh, Muhammad Ali's short signed by him and then he's like i got leon spinks's toothbrush <laughs> and, he, and he and he's like oh what's this and he's like who's marks is this and he's like um he goes oh that's i can't remember the box george foreman's cup i think it was goes, yeah, yeah. George athletic cup and he's like uh, <laughs> oh uh, i saw it coming but it was still hilarious um anyway then it kind of cuts to the um title sequence and one thing i was quite disappointed is the granny getting hit by the bus thing was taken out yeah, yeah, I think they kept changing it about a oh, bit. I, I enjoyed that bit. 
because they literally said oh, they're like helping the lady cross the road and they just let her go they let her go into the road and the bus comes anyway i thought that was quite quite funny so marlon's on the on the sofa with this girl saying sweet nothing and she basically um she's not interested and uh and she says oh did you say you you these is boxing things and he goes oh yeah i've been boxing since i was uh since i was a kid or something he goes when i was born the doc, the doctor smack, smack my backside, and I turn around and punch him straight in the face. <laughs> um, and then she, he, he, he says, oh, "I'll give you a boxing lesson. Stick on the boxing glove." And then he says, "Right, you can hit me anywhere." And then she punches him in the stomach, and he just goes down. Um, and he, he went down like, uh, uh, is it Kong Kong Song on uh, 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 with Josh Taylor over the weekend? Did you see that? He, he got he got hit and basically like. Uh, who knows what actually happened, but it looked it looked very much like he took a dive. Um, anyway, so um, and basically the dad gives so he's giving him the box and stuff, and they say, "Oh, brilliant! I'll um, we'll, we'll auction this stuff off and we'll make loads of money." And they go into the uh, they go into the auction, and the auctioneers like calling them like riff raff and gang bangers and stuff like that. <laughs> um, uh, they, they happen to be at that moment the only only black men in the room from what I understood and then in walks uh, Roy Jones Jr and um and he's bidding on this boxing stuff um and they basically bid him up to like 10 grand um and they like and then so it cuts back to the restaurant and they look really chuffed with themselves they walk in with like big leather jackets and stuff like this um like and uh they sit down and, and and pops comes over and they said oh like we bought you these um shoes and these are kind of these platform shoes and they said oh when you press this button uh, and it kind of plays like a hot chocolate and uh like pops looks like super pleased with them and i would be to be fair that was quite cool um and then he says that how did you get the money and he said oh we, we sold that thing for money and he gets really annoyed because then, then he goes through like oh your granddad spent like five hours in the snow waiting for that and 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 he says you sold it for a, for a dollar and he gets really annoyed so they feel pretty bad and they have to go back and uh get back the memorabilia so they sne- sneak into the, this is the most stupid part of the whole thing so they sneak into the boxing gym where roy jones jr is and uh they're kind of pretending to be mexican um so yeah i thought this was quite cringe it, yeah it's a bit stupid i mean it w- was making me laugh when they were like uno dos tres cuatro and they're like kind of on the boxing on the speed bag um so i did i did enjoy that part um but but yeah overall the, the scene was really stupid and basically um uh he chucks a bag down at the beginning when he walks in and when he walks out he picks up a bag but then you see there's two bags there and he's like you know that's not his bag um, and then it, they see later on TV that Roy Jones Jr. can't um, concentrate on the fight because he's had his bag stolen with all his stuff in it. Um, and they call the number on the on the on the TV uh, appeal thing, and they say, "Oh, we've got your bag. Meet us at this place." Um, uh, so then they go back. They 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 go there, and Roy Jones Jr. walks in, and they they're going to swap the bag of stuff, but they're kind of doing this kind of scary movie kind of thing with the voices. Um, and then he says, he'll give the stuff back as long as he gives back them. They give back the money and his bag and he'll give back the memorabilia. Um, and then somehow maybe you can fill in the gap here, but they got into a rap battle and I was a bit like, and I was a bit like where I literally looked away for one second. I come back in there in a rap battle. Um, 
anyway, so then they go back to the thing and Pops is happy that they come back with the stuff and he's like, they're like, oh, but we could never find those shoes. Like, did you ever find them? And he's like, no, I don't know where they've gone. And it turns away and his, starts, uh, his shoes start singing again, uh, <laughs> which I thought was quite a nice quite a nice end to it um so yeah I, th- I thought this episode like did make me laugh a few times and it was quite a nice episode um i think the best thing about it like i was saying was was roy Jones jr just trying to keep a straight face yeah um i was like i was impressed that they, that all these cameos and stuff like that it was quite quite you know quite cool i guess to see like yeah, it, because it makes it so it's very self-aware. Do you know what I mean? They're not pretending to be anything that they're not, and and I, I really like that about TV shows. It's like, oh, we know, we know this is a little bit cheesy and a little bit this and a little bit that, but yeah, so what? Um, it's fun and we enjoy it. Yeah, definitely, and yeah, I think you pretty much uh, did that, did that, did that bit well. So, uh, any last words on this program? Um, no, I mean it was, it was like a two-scener. It was a two-scene um, sitcom, um, very basic setup. Yeah. yeah, I thought I thought it was like my wife and kids. I just thought it was incredibly average and ordinary. I'm I'm sure a lot of people are going to be listening, going, "You're crazy! How can you say that? The Wyans are legends, and they are legends." And I will let them finish, but their style of comedy is. In general speaking, it's not really for me. Yeah. So the next one is Malcolm and Eddie. So this came out in August 1996. And some of the things happening in the world. Boris Yeltsin is sworn in at the Kremlin for a second term as president of Russia. Oasis plays the biggest freestanding concert in UK history at Nebworth. Their Royal Highnesses, the Prince and Princess of Wales, are formally divorced at the High Court of Justice in London. Her Royal Highness, the Princess of Wales, is restyled Diana, Princess of Wales, due to the Queen's letter letters patent issued a week earlier. Jack was in the cinemas. Amazing film. Such a beautiful film. And The Crossroads by Bone Thugs and Harmony was in the charts. Malcolm and Eddie. So this was an American sitcom that starred Malcolm Jamal Warner and Eddie Griffin. And the program was produced by Jeff Franklin Productions in association with TriStar Television and then Columbia TriStar Television in its final season. It stars Malcolm McGee, who is a responsible and sensible 20-something who ends up sharing an apartment and a business venture with relentlessly enthusiastic tow truck owner Eddie Sherman in Kansas City, Missouri. And Eddie's a fast talker with outlandish frenetic energy and his charming innocence always seems to get the two into hot water. But no matter what the situation, these opposites always end up bailing each other out. And when the guys unexpectedly become recipients of a considerable sum of money, Malcolm and Eddie decide to buy not only the old Irish pub below their apartment, but the entire building, including Eddie's garage, as an investment. And as new bar owners, the guys give the place a facelift by turning it into a sports bar and renaming it McGee's. And they hang out there with local regulars, including Tim, who is a gentle giant, who works as a nurse and Nicolette, who is the Motomath 
police academy cadet with a love crazed obsession for Eddie. And Malcolm manages McGee's and Eddie's trying to bolster his fledgling one man, one truck towing operation into a fleet success for these two. And yeah, it's a way for them to stay out of trouble. Both both Malcolm Jamal Warner and Eddie Griffin were nominated for an NAACP Image Award for Outstanding Actor in a Comedy Series in 2000 and 2001. And um, so just quickly on both of them. So yeah, Malcolm Jamal Warner, he's an American actor, director, producer, musician and writer. And obviously he's best known for his role as Theo Huxtable on The Cosby Show. And he was named after Malcolm X and jazz pianist Ahmed Jamal. So it comes with Malcolm Jamal Warner. And he's currently starring as Dr. AJ Austin on the Fox medical drama The Resident. Eddie Griffin is an American comedian and actor. And he was best known as being in the film Undercover Brother. And... The sad thing about this program was that they didn't actually get on in real life. Oh, really? Yeah. They, I think Malcolm Jamal Warner was on Sway, who's like a radio host in America. Yeah. And he was talking about, obviously, Malcolm and Eddie, and he was saying that we didn't really see eye to eye, but it never really got in the way of us basically getting that bag. Like, you know, when it came down to it, they said that they were very professional. They did their job. When it was time to go, it was time to go. When it was time to be professional and film, they were professional and they filmed. Never guessed that. I can kind of see maybe. We'll talk about it in a little bit and I'll maybe try and see if there might be a reason or see if we can make it make sense. And um, yeah, I mean, let's let's yeah, let's just go into it. Let's talk about it. Um, first thing, I want to say like a big boo to YouTube for blocking half of the episodes on this. Um, I only so watched much... three, so I didn't really bother about... Oh, they blocked so many of the ones that I wanted to watch. But um, uh, this show, I, it, was, it, was, it was the same, same kind of format, really, like as kind of like a two-scene, two-half-open like, uh, set kind of thing going on, set pieces... Um, very much ordinary sitcom kind of style in its filming and its and its delivery, but like I thought the actors were kind of likable. I like the characters. I thought it was quite a cool, quite a cool TV show. Um, yeah, it was. It, yeah, I, I like this one actually. I, I, quite, I quite like this show. Okay, so I'm not necessarily surprised that you like it. And so, okay, so basically this show, apparently, the producers, the directors were white. And, okay, so I did not like this show at all. I thought it was boring. I thought it was cringe. I thought it was a way of, like, doing, you know, the palatable black people kind of a show to kind of please a certain audience. Obviously, this it's set in Kansas. I mean, obviously, I'm not an expert of America, but I don't, I don't know a lot of black people from Kansas. Is that where Dorothy's from? I don't know. What are you asking <laughs> me that for? Shoot, I don't know. Yes, I guess she's from Kansas. But um, 
And I think, yeah, Ma- Malcolm Jamal Warner was saying that um, when he was on the Cosby show, it kind of felt like he was doing a show that portrayed black people like as as being like kind of not higher ups, but like doing well for themselves. But he was saying, whereas this show was kind of like, oh, we're just uh, just, you know, black guys who are trying to appeal to a certain audience. It didn't kind of feel right. The vibe of the show didn't feel right. So I'm thinking maybe in that sense, he was thinking, oh, I'm going to walk into another Cosby role. I'm going to be another version of Theo Huxtable and everyone's going to love me and everyone's going to love the show. But uh, yeah, I mean, it, 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 when I read that it was, you know, show that was done by white people, I can kind of see it. Like I can, I can tell you can, it's one of those small things that you can tell. And I just thought, yeah, some of the stuff wasn't particularly funny. Again, it was one that was cringe at times. Like I was watching the pilot and he's just basically dancing about. And I was just like, please make it stop. Please, God, make it stop. It's just, it was one of those. I just, yeah, I didn't, I didn't click with this. Uh, I didn't click with the show. See, I, I definitely click with it more than you. And going by what you read, that's exactly why I don't read the thing and wait for it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, this show, I mean, you know, I don't want to get into the, the who won and who didn't win um, thing just yet. But I mean, yeah, I mean, I've watched, like I said, I only watched a couple of episodes. So um, I didn't get a real feel for the show, but certainly like, a, a you know, an inkling into in you know into the kind of premise but again it was just it's that standard sitcom style like it's very like there's not much to like there's not much to not like about it it's just very very average in in its delivery it's not it's not going it's not out there in or 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 in there if you see what i mean yeah 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 definitely but um yeah i mean let's 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 go into uh episodes and uh, I know, did you watch the pilot or? No, I couldn't because it was blocked. I watched the pilot. Oh, it said um, so it, was just, it was blocked for me. Um, so I couldn't watch it. I watched episode season two, episode four and season two, episode 19. I kind of figured that it was one of those shows where you could dip in and out of and it wouldn't matter. And certainly by the two episodes I watched, it didn't matter. <laughs> Okay, yeah, so I watched the pilot on uh, YouTube because I, I did find it. And so, okay, so... Hmm. Yeah, so Malcolm is interested in a sports gig at the radio station. And so we kind of see that Malcolm doesn't like living with Eddie because Eddie's really, really annoying. And you can kind of see in that in that kind of scene where Eddie's just doing these stupid little dance and you're just like, oh my God, make it stop. It's not funny, please, I beg. And so Malcolm's trying to do an audition tape for the job, but like Eddie's just being really annoying. And he's like, oh, let me fix the TV. And Malcolm's like, there's nothing wrong with the TV. And so he's like banging on the TV, banging it. And then the TV stops working. And Malcolm's like, what am I supposed to do? And so Eddie's like, you know what? Let's go to this uh, seminar. We can win a free TV. So it's Bill Fontaine. He's doing a seminar and you can win a TV, whatever. And so they go to the the seminar. And so he's like, okay, fine. I'll come with you to the seminar. And then he's just like, yeah, um, 
Eddie senses a scam because there's like a 10 bucks signing on fee and I don't think you win a TV because that was the lure you get to win a TV. And then Eddie ends up delivering the seminar and he's like, oh, if you guys want to be successful in the 90s, buy a tow truck. Because obviously that's what he does and that's what he drives. And then in the end, you kind of see like Malcolm gets a TV, but he's like a, a portable TV and he doesn't really know who's playing. And he ends up not getting the job. And the next episode I watched was episode 19. So I think you've watched two before me, haven't you? Yeah, so, uh, so I watched series four episode, series two, episode four, and series two, episode 19. So um, Tim comes into the bar uh, and he's got two kids with him. I think they're his nephews. Um, and they're, and they're, they're saying, I'll bet they look just like him and they're, they're just as big as him. They're two quite enormous kids um and he has to give to talk to the to the nephews because they get into that teenage kind of age and he's got to give them the kind of birds and the bees talk um and then um malcolm has, there's a i think there's like a, a woman coming in for a um a waitress job and he sees her and like she's just like pretty woman and he and he's basically just says to her straight out oh you got the job oh by the way do you want to have dinner with me um definitely not <laughs> today's kind of time um tv show so eddie's talking to himself in a mirror for some reason i don't know why i wrote that um uh, and malcolm brings home brings his sister in um and she's gay uh, it wasn't really okay it was kind of relevant um and tim leaves his nephew and tim leaves his nephew with eddie and colette and uh, Malcolm has to interview the lady that came in. This is kind of back and literally cut back to them, cut back to them, cut back to them. So this is why it's all kind of my notes are a little bit over the place. Um, Eddie's having a hard time with the kids, um, and when Malcolm comes back, his sister and the new waitress are talking, and and then it kind of starts off this whole like she's thinks she's interested in her, and he thinks she's interested in him. Um, uh, Tim gets back and he starts giving the talk. To, talk to the kids and they have kind of dates in the bar already the little boys do not little boys they're like you know what 15 whatever um and then brenda the woman comes over to um to malcolm and malcolm's house to make to to have dinner and um his sister mara has made lasagna um and uh, and then eddie's there and he just gets fed up with this kind of like who she interested in and he goes hey listen I just want to know, are you interested in him or are you interested in her? And then she says, oh, I wouldn't, I'm not interested in any of them. I'm interested in you, Eddie. Uh, and then she agrees to go on a lunch date with him and Malcolm has to do the washing up. And that was the end of that episode. Kind of like a, you know, is she, isn't she kind of thing going on, the kids thing going on. But yeah, very, very basic episode. Um, I, chronologically, I actually watched the second. So, um, and the first episode I watched was a lot better than that. So episode 19 was the uh, the slender arm of the law. So I think it starts with uh, Malcolm. He gets a ticket for a broken taillight. And yeah, so there's a man there. So I believe that man is Rusty. And he's yeah, talking people away from the bar, talking about some nonsense about him being a retired driver. And so Eddie gives Rusty a job at his garage. And 
Malcolm wants uh, Rusty to be part of this celebrity seminar called the Kansas Cars Club. Yeah, because he's a NASCAR driver. Yeah, and then Nicolette finds out that Rusty's an escaped. He's a he was in a in mental institution and he escaped from there. And his real name is Carl Shavers. And Eddie and Malcolm are hiding Rusty and they're trying to help him. Obviously, Malcolm's like, I want to make sure he does the seminar and I get my money kind of thing. And Tim, he's trying to help. So he's like the big the big guy who's like a, a nurse. And Malcolm's plan is that people will see Rusty one-on-one and not bring him to the bar. And Nicolette, she's snooping around and she somehow finds him in the basement. And Rusty, I think he's doing a speech, but he ends up going completely south. And then as a joke, ha ha ha, I think the kind of people in the white coats are taking Malcolm away because they think, oh, he's crazy. Take him away. And yeah, that was all my notes. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, it's pretty much it. Apart from, did you mention that um, when Rusty gives his seminar, he gives like a rise up black people speech? Oh, yeah, that was what the speech was about. Yeah, then it was like, oh, yeah, okay, take him away. Kind of thing. Um, also, he looked like, have you ever seen Gavin and Stacey? Do you know Dave Coaches? Well, he needs a moustache and a Welsh accent, yeah. Yeah, so I thought he looked like him. Anyway, I just wrote that down now. Um, yeah, that's that's all my notes for that episode. I actually enjoyed that episode, though. I thought that was like, it was certainly better than the other one. I guess. Whatever. Meh. Um, okay, so I watched season four, episode 14, Bullets Over Kansas City. Now, I read that this had been nominated for an award. I don't know if they'd won or not. Looked like they might have done. And I was quite thinking you know what i'm gonna give this program one last chance this seems like a really interesting episode with an interesting title i thought this was gonna be the one that's gonna blow the case wide open and it didn't oh my god what a disappointment so nicolette is writing a play and it's set in the 1920s and the kind of the backdrop scene is that maya offers eddie a job as a general manager of her club club misdemeanor She's offering 80k a year and a company car. And so he's kind of mulling it over because he's thinking, oh, Maya, she's a complete and not a wrong one. But obviously, 80k is nothing to mess with. And so he's thinking it over. And then it goes into a dream sequence and they're set in the 1920s. And so it's set in a place called the White Gardenia. And Malcolm is kind of the guy who's in charge of this club. It's a speakeasy, obviously, because it's set in the 1920s and prohibition was very much a thing. And then there's a someone who comes in, Mia Lang, and she's like the competition. And she's saying, oh, the club should be shut down by next week because I don't like competition. And so she's like, you know what? I'm going to get him. And then you see like Eddie, but he's Eddie the hat. And he's got a gun in his hat. So every time he turns around with his hat, uh, a shot goes off. And he ends up shooting the the bouncer by accident. And he's like, why are you shooting me for? He goes, oh, you didn't warn me. So he gets turned around. And so Maya's like, you know what? I want you to take out Malcolm. And she's like, I don't take no for an answer. And Eddie's like, oh, I don't really want to do it. Because I went to the club and Malcolm saved me from choking on a shrimp cocktail. And then... 
she's like, you know what, you're going to do it anyway because I'm going to pay you and all this stuff. And so he ends up going to the club. He ends up shooting Malcolm. He ends up shooting all the other witnesses. But it was a ruse. And Eddie double-crosses Mia and she gets caught by the police. And then Nicolette finishes her story. And so Eddie's like, you know what? I'm not going to work with you at Club Mr. Mina. You're wronging and you need to leave. And Nicolette's story gets published. And that's all I have to say about this show because, yeah, it wasn't. You done? I'm done. I'm done. All right, y'all finished or y'all done? <laughs> okay, so finally we're coming on to Between Brothers. And so this show came out in September, woo, 1997 again. And some of the things happening in the world that didn't include Princess Diana's funeral. I had, yeah, I mean, I'd, I didn't want to kind of mention that because obviously it, it happened. I remember that time very, very well. And it being on the telly from dusk till dawn. But obviously, yeah, very, very sad. Princess Diana was a real one. And um, yeah, other things that happened in this month, Wales votes in favour of devolution and the formation of a National Assembly for Wales. The Islamic Salvation Army, which is part of the Islamic Salvation Front's armed wing, declares a unilateral ceasefire in Algeria. Apple Computer Incorporated names co-founder Steve Jobs, interim CEO. LA Confidential was in the cinemas and got till it's gone by janet jackson and q-tip was in the charts i love q-tip he's also in a tribal quest as we mentioned um when we were talking about um the the opening uh theme song of um the wyan bros yeah i just yeah q-tip is one of my favorite rappers slash mcs i think he's one of the best so between brothers so this was a american sitcom centered on four middle class african-american men in their late 20s living in chicago it's a buddy comedy about men sharing an apartment and charles and james their brothers so you got charles who is the responsible older one and he's a sports writer for the chicago examiner and the irresponsible James, he sells real estate. Mitchell is the mooch and he's a junior high school history teacher. And he just returned to the apartment after his second wife, Audrey, had thrown him out. Dusty is the short fellow with the loud clothes. And he had moved up from Indiana to take a job as a weekend TV weather guy on WEQT TV channel 64. God, these American channels are so random. Like WSNM, Kansas, or UBXY, St. Louis. So random. But um, yeah, and yeah, most of the episodes focused on their jobs and dating problems and the not always helpful advice that they gave each other. So let's, uh, let's talk about this show. This show I watched first in the list of shows we're watching this week. And I was like... Um instantly warm to this show. I know you're probably gonna destroy it for me in a minute. But I I really, really enjoyed the show. Um I thought it was um I thought it was funny. I thought it was like the characters were likable. Obviously it's still the same. It's still the same kind of like two scene sitcom thing where 
I think they go to the pub, right? I think it's a pub. It's one with the pub. Um, instead of like um, Central Park. It's all the same, like Friends and wherever. It, it's all the same. That being said, I thought the delivery was excellent. The characters were likable. Um, um, I, yeah, I didn't mind it so much. I didn't mind that it was... It's run by it's done by white guys in it it's just just tell me now <laughs> okay so <laughs> i also really like this show too i i really like between brothers i i i i instantly warmed to it i thought it was good i thought it was funny i don't think white guys did this show but <laughs> Because it only got i think like two seasons and like it got cancelled like halfway like you know even episode four of like season two but um no i i i really liked it i thought the episodes were that i watched were quite enjoyable i thought the i thought the four of them kind of bounced off each other really meshed well together and yeah i yeah i i i I also like this so um i mean it might it might be a, a spoiler as to what uh, my favorite show of the week will be, and maybe even yours, but yeah, no, I, 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 I really liked it, and uh, it was um, kind of a really good uh, insight into the nineties, really, because obviously, like I, they're my age now, and it's kind of like seeing how they are living life, and they're kind of going about life in their thirties, but in a completely different era completely different time because uh yeah i think one thing you've got to see with the with all three shows today they all had that kind of place they hung out which now i think um and 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 you know friends and is it big bang theory or whatever thing all, all stuff and two and a half men and whatever the other standard american sitcom things are where and they always have like the kind of the place they hang out the friends that are together they always have the stupid friend the sensible friend and the kind of in-betweeny ones and they all follow almost exactly the same format obviously like friends has got to be one of the most if not the most successful sitcom ever surely um so obviously the format works and people like it um this show i just thought yeah, I just, I thought it, it executed everything really well. Still the same, like um, uh, looked like a kind of theatre thing you were watching. Like you could you, you could definitely tell the audience was there, and it was kind of like you know they enter the scene, they do their thing, and they exit the scene, and it's you know it's very theatre almost. Yeah, um, yeah. But no, let's uh, let's go into uh, episodes. Um, so I watched Emergency Contact, which I believe in case was of the emergency, yeah, that was the pilot, yeah. 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 Um so this one is starts off Charles and James are in their apartment. Um James is trying to balance his checkbook and he's saying like, "Oh, I can't. I've been trying to do this all day. I I've been, I can't do it." And then and then um Charles says to him, "Listen, sometimes you just have to make some tough decisions." Oh, he's talking about he, he needs to take this girl out and he ain't got enough money to do it or something. And he goes, "Sometimes you're going to have to make hard decisions. You have to let people down." He goes, "Oh, thanks man. I knew you'd understand." And he rips up the rent check he was going to give him. <laughs> and then there's a bang at the door and they're like oh my god and they're like and he's like oh don't let him in he's, and then you just hear from the other side of the door he's like i, I know you're there i can see your eyeball <laughs> um and yeah this is so you've already mentioned this in um beginning bit where and uh he's left his wife and then he says he goes oh, i've left her 
He goes, oh, when did you do that? He goes, oh, after she threw me out. <laughs> I did like that line, yeah. <laughs> so he's trying to get his, he's trying to feel like he's got a one. The pride, yeah, male pride. Yeah, and he goes, he goes, oh, it's nice to be back on my old bed again. And he's like lying on the sofa, and he's like, oh, look, my sunglasses are where I left them. Um, and then enter, is it Dusty Canyon? Dusty, yeah, the weather guy yeah, with his jacket. I liked him. Yeah, he's got his like palm tree, orange jacket with palm trees on it. Very loud TV jet, like not TV jacket, loud jacket. And um, uh, and he has an interview with a national TV weather station. So I think he's. This is kind of like a a um, career opportunity for him. Um, and then, so uh, meanwhile, Charles and James, like whilst he's in there, they kind of make a vote because their house is kind of full. They make a vote to for Mitchell to live with Dusty and they're like all in favor and they both put their hand up and then Dusty's like with his hands hands down and then uh, James is on his way out and he says oh I'm going to take your gym membership down to the gym and obviously he gets money I think for for referring a friend kind of thing and then he notices on the on the on the list that Charles has put Dusty as his um emergency contact and then he goes around asking everyone that he can find like strangers and and friends alike and he just says who who would you put as your emergency contact and they all say my sister my brother um and 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 this and that and the other so he gets really offended that that charles has put dusty and then charles says to him that it's because he's been irresponsible and like if you clear your act up that's fine and so, so then he he ends up he goes to the bar and he pays his bar tab which is like one of those ongoing things where he's like never paid his tab uh, and then he decides that he's going to be the designated driver for everyone in the in the in the bar and then he cops off with a woman and then charles is charles is there to to be on a date with this i can't remember the lady's name but she is a lady that he's on a date with and and i quite like this bit so basically he's like no way am i gonna you know mop up after james again and then it cuts to him in a car and he's like, oh, you're having a good time or something like that. And then they get this other, this drunk guy kind of lean forward and, he, and it turns out that he's had to, you know, mop up, mop up after James. His date gets mad and kind of leads into it. And Charles gets home and wants to beat James up. Uh, then they then they go back to the pub in the morning. I think they have a chat and the lady comes in and James has called her and said, Look, listen, it was all my fault. And I think that he gets a second shot at the date. Did I miss anything out? Um, I don't think you did. Yeah, so Dusty doesn't cool. get his big weather gig that he was after. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he doesn't get a job. No. All right. The next episode I watched was episode two. The big three. Oh. So, yeah. So initially it starts off with them talking about the best place to meet a girl. James is like, oh, the best place is definitely the gym. Charles is like, um, no, it's actually the library. Dusty's like the pet shop. And they're saying, oh, the place to definitely not meet a woman is a bar. And so they're getting ready. And then obviously we find out that it's Charles' 30th birthday. And so they're getting ready for all of that. Dusty gets the uh, the jacket that he was um, after. But it's got like the, the whole tag of it and everything. And it appears that he just walked out of the shop with the, the jacket or whatever. And they're all going, are you crazy? Like, we've got to take the jacket back. And so Dust and so Dusty's like, oh, so you take it back. I'm, I've, I'm gonna be working. And they're like, I'm not gonna take it back. You take it back. You're the one who bought it. And so they're all like figuring out what to do with the jacket. And I like that Mitchell was like, oh yeah, I'll take the jacket. 
you know, like a black guy walking in with a jacket with with a with a tag on it. You know what that means, don't you? That means a you know a prison sentence for me. Like, no chance. And so, Charles is trying to work. He's got this really important article to write. But there's like, you know, a bunch of young'uns playing basketball. And he's like basically telling them, oh, you know, you need to like get out of here. So they're like, you know what? We challenge you to basketball. Like if you beat us, then you can, we'll go. Because if we if we win, then we get to stay here. And so they have the basketball match. They end up losing. And so they're having the, the birthday party. But uh, Charles is not feeling so good about it. Because he's like, oh, I'm, I'm 30. Maybe I'm getting old. Maybe, you know, things are not as how they used to be. And so James manages to get the, the jacket that uh, they were all getting for Charles. And it was basically his uh, varsity jacket from high school. So, you know, the, the ones that the jocks wear. The letter jacket. Yeah, letterman. Yeah. Or, yeah, that's what they call it. Can you imagine that in, in UK schools? First of all, none, I think none of the schools had the budget to give you anything, but you had to buy your own. Yeah, yeah, jumper. you had to buy your school uniform, and then and they were, and they cost wa- over the roof as well. Yeah, if you were watching a football match, it's thing you'd be standing in a muddy field as well, not on some like fancy bleachers. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, yeah, we 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 had uniforms, but like they cost an arm and a leg. They did, didn't they? And me, um, was growing exponentially every year so can you imagine like from year seven to year nine i just went <laughs> just shut up it's like uh yeah i'm 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 gonna need a new blazer i bet your mum was like if you grow one more time you're gonna go to school and uh, i think I, I think i bought a blazer for every year wow and they weren't cheap i mean i think because i grew I had, into I... my year year seven one really quick because i remember obviously in year in year seven as you do you have to be wearing clothes that are like bigger than you so i'm like you know wearing all of that and it's like yeah i got i grew into them all right my my i was lucky because i was the first boy to go to um school uh, secondary school so we had our blaze obviously boys and girls blazers had buttons on different side right um and then so I got a new blazer and then I got a new blazer when I grew out of that one for my last few years of school and my brother got the old hand-me-down so <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was the first yeah, yeah come to me I was the first boy as well so I would always be yeah r- r- wearing the new new uh, that would always be uh be the case and then yeah so anyway James and Charles go back to the basketball court. So you know what? Let's let's show them. Let's 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 let's, let's take it back old school. And so they end up, you know, playing really well in the basketball game. It's a draw, and Charles, like, you know what? Let's call it a draw so that nobody loses. Everyone can walk away with their pride still intact. And the kids are like, you know what? Nah, we don't want no tie. And so he goes, you know what? Fine, I'm gonna win. And so he ends up shooting the game winning, the game winning basket, and yeah. The episode ended up for yeah this was a, a fun episode any other ones that you watched yeah so i watched an episode called um dusty in love oh and this is like it starts off and the boys are kind of talking about how they know when they're in love oh, i get it in the i get it butterflies in the stomach i can't eat i can't you know everyone has a kind of like different way that they feel feel love um 
and then Mitchell's <laughs> Mitchell says something about you know I feel like forgiveness and this and that and the other, and he's got his finger on the pool table, and then I think I can't remember who it was, but someone breaks and one of the balls smashes him in the finger, and he's and he tries to go and kill him. Um, uh, then goes back in there in the pub, and James is asking Charles if he can borrow five hundred five hundred dollars, and he's like, no, I ain't, I ain't loaning you five hundred dollars, and he's and he says, and then I think James has these like stories in the pocket you know his guilt trip kind of stories and it's about um some time when he they were both queuing for pancakes and only james had money and he bought james uh, bought charles some pancakes so anyway so he gives him the 500 dollars um dusty walks in with this woman and i think it's the lady from my wife and kids but i couldn't be sure what tisha campbell martin i don't think she's tisha campbell martin anymore though so tisha campbell yeah, I think it was her. Um, I couldn't be 100% because I didn't IMDB it. Um, and they were doing this kind of lovey-dovey thing. Do you know the whole like really silly, oh, I love you, I love you too. Oh my God. Me, 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 me. You and hang like, up. No, you hang up. You hang up. Yeah, no, yeah. you and, hang up. And, and the boys are literally like, oh God, I wish you'd like, shut up. <laughs> um, and so D- basically Dusty's loved up and she's loved up and they're kind of like crazy about each other for this. Um, and it's driving just driving Mitchell crazy that they're loved up because obviously he lives there. And then um, he's there at uh, Charles and um, James's house and James walks through the door and he's got this nice coat and he's, and he's, uh, and, and he's got these like shopping bags and he goes, damn, I hit them all hard today. And they're like, I swear if you've spent that money I gave you on shopping and he goes, Oh yeah, that money I gave you. And he gives back his $500. Um, he gives some rent money and he's still got all of this stuff. And he's like, where did you, where did you get that money? And it turns out he's investing in um, commodities. So he's actually like, investing the money, like playing the stock market. Um, and then they're like, damn, you made all that money. And then, so they, they, Mitchell and Charles come in too on the investment. So he's like their stock, he's kind of their stock broker. Um, anyway so they, they go they're they're at dusty's house and daisy's daisy dusty's girlfriend has uh cooked for them and they're still kind of love loved up and is making the boy sick and then dusty proposes to daisy and she says yes so they decide but it's really quick and he's like i know i've only known you two weeks but um let's get married and he's like oh when should we get married because she's got to tell her folks and then he's like oh i'm not doing anything on tuesday and then like okay let's get married on tuesday so dusty gives her the jacket i think do you know this is the palm trees jacket is kind of like a look how much i love you kind of thing um uh and uh the boys basically are discouraging her discouraging him from marrying her not that they don't want him to get married but they're like dude this is too soon you know we have you know get to know her first kind of thing um uh, meanwhile the stocks are crashing and the boys are losing loads of money in the uh, latest investment Terry and Daisy are having a chat. I think Terry's the lady at the bar, right? Um, and then the boys come in to interrogate her. And she kind of switches it on them because she knows everything about Dusty. And then, but all like, you know, little things, favorite movie, favorite color, this and that, favorite, favorite cloud formation, I think they do. Um, obviously, he's a weather guy. Um, so they get <laughs> like that. <laughs> so they get, um, they get married at Charles and James's place. And then, uh, Charles wants out of the investment, um, uh, and James has been in. Dre- and it turns out that James has been investing on dreams he's been having. So he's been having dreams about things, and he's been acting on investments and that. And, he, and uh, Charles is a bit like, "What the hell? I want it out," kind of thing. Anyway, so on the grapevine, Dusty hears that 
um, this girl comes up to him and says, oh, it's so nice of you to move to Missouri for Daisy. And he's like, what the hell? Like, I'm a weatherman here. I can't move. And he goes and speaks to Daisy. And it turns out that she does want him to move. And he wanted her to stay. Um, that's where she's from Missouri. And it, it kind of like, she expected him to go. He wanted to stay. So they basically decide that they're not going to get married. It's not going to work. Um, so literally just call it off there and then. Um, uh, then I think it's like kind of the next day, um, James comes in to the pub with his investment money and he gives Charles back his money, like his $100 or whatever he had left on the investment. Um, and then, um, uh, and then I think Dust, not Dust, what's his name? Mitchell gets loads of money because he stayed on the investment. And then James just takes it off and goes, oh yeah, by the way, you owe me rent from last time. You owe me phone bill from last time. You owe me this from last time I bought groceries. And basically James still has no money at the end of it, but James gets it. Uh, sorry, Charles gets it. Um, uh, yeah, and that's the end of that episode. God, that seems like a pretty good episode. I just double checked; it was Tisha Campbell. It was. Yeah, okay. it was her. So that was a good spot from you. Um, the last episode I watched was Kung Fu's. So basically, there's um, Mitchell's sister called May comes to visit, and so there's a man who's basically harassing her. And so Mitchell and Dusty are like, oh, we're going to we're going to come and save you. But they end up getting like beaten up by this guy. And then May kind of like handles him and throws him outside. And like James is watching from the background. He's like, yeah, you guys are not men. And they're like, we're not men. A girl fought for us. And (laughs) it's so stupid. Like, you know, just kind of showed like, you know, the fragility of men in this episode. Yeah, like just laid out bare, and so James, like, you know what? Okay, fine. If you guys feel so bad, then I'm gonna suggest you go to my uh, karate class. You know, I'll give you the number to my sensei. You can go and go to the karate class, and they take him to the karate studio, and they're basically getting embarrassed by these kids, and they're basically like throwing them about, and basically, and they're like on the floor, and, and Dusty's like, "We're not men. We're not men." <laughs> And meanwhile, Charles is interviewing NFL legend Jim Brown. And yeah, so he's interviewing him and his boss, Stuart, is hiding from Jim Brown. because He's like, oh, I did an interview with him once upon a time and he was really upset with me. And obviously, Charles is like, oh, it's fine. So he's basically talking to Jim Brown, legendary Jim Brown. And so he writes an article about him saying, you know, Jim Brown was a great running back, but he was a lousy blocker. And apparently he gets a call from Jim Brown. And so Stuart's like, oh, you'd have messed up now, boy. Like, why would you say that about Jim Brown? And Jim Brown's calling him and they're trying to... Re- and, and obviously Charles is like, oh, Jim Brown is not going to do anything to me. So he goes to his apartment and the door has come falling down. And James is like, oh, I found this letter. And he says, oh, it's from Jim Brown. He's like, oh, you better... You better come see me about what you wrote. We're gonna we're gonna talk about it. And so Charles is getting nervous about all of that. And so May is in town and she is basically hanging about and she takes a liking to James, but James is not really interested. And so they have like a little basketball game. She beats James, and then James is like, okay, fine. What do you want? She's like, oh, I want a date. And James was like, with me? And she goes, no, 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 with uh, your friend, Anthony. 
And she's like, oh, you know, I like him. And so hook me up. And so he's trying to set all that up. And then Jim Brown knocks on the door and Charles is hiding in Stuart's office. And he's like, okay, fine. You know, we're all nervous about it. And so Stuart and uh, Charles go to a ba- down the basement to hide from Jim Brown. And yeah, so they just end up bonding. They're just sitting there bonding and they're like talking. And he's like, you know what? We've been here down here long enough. Maybe he's gone. And so Jim Brown finds him in the basement. Ah! And so he's like, oh, you know, please don't hit me. Please don't hit me. He goes, oh, I don't. He goes, I'm not going to hit you. Because he goes, I agree. Like, I was a lousy blocker. He goes, I was a running back. All I wanted to do was run and make loads and loads of carries and rush for a million billion yards. That's what I wanted to do. And he goes, the thing I took umbrage was you thought that I was a better footballer than an actor. Apparently, Jim Brown has starred in some stuff and. Yeah, he was like, "Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not a bad actor. I'm, I think I'm a pretty decent actor." And like, Charles was like, mm, "You're not really." And yeah, so um, Anthony he stands May up. So James says, "You know what? Fine, I'm gonna take you out to the town." And yeah, so Mitchell and Dusty are like, "You know what? We're not." karate is not really for us and i like that the karate teacher was like oh are you two gonna start fighting this ain't soul train because they just kept doing like wah 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 like just basically dancing and they're like you know this ain't and she's like oh this is karate not soul train she goes you are not gonna do anything and they're like you know what fine we're not gonna fight anymore we're just gonna deal with things in a peaceful manner and yeah that was the end that was the last episode I watched of uh, Between Brothers, a show that I really, really liked. So let's yeah, let's. I enjoyed this one. So let's uh, rank these shows now, then, from uh, three down to one. Three Wyan Brothers, two Malcolm and Eddie, one Between Brothers. Not even close this week. Okay, so my number three was Malcolm and Eddie. I thought it was the worst of the three. Two Wyatt Brothers, like it was very, very mediocre. But yeah, Between Brothers was obviously the number one show, and I it was a show that I genuinely liked, I genuinely enjoyed, and yeah, I thought it was fun. And yeah, that's all I have to say about that. That's all I have to say about that. And yeah, I'm gonna bring it to an end now. So that was the first episode of the Black History Month. There's plenty more where that came from. So uh, do stay tuned for that. And uh, yeah, Yesterday's Capers is available wherever you get your podcast from. So uh, please download and please check it out. And you can find Yesterday's Capers on the socials at facebook.com forward slash Yesterday's Capers or on Instagram at uh, um, Yesterday's Capers 1. On Twitter, it's Yesterday Capers. You can find me on the socials at Instagram at Abdullah underscore Molim. On Twitter, it's Abdullah Molim, all one word. You can listen to Third and One Fall, my brand new podcast, which is now available wherever you get your podcasts from. So if you like your NFL, if you like your pro wrestling, then do definitely check that out. And yeah, we'll be talking about all of those things and um, 
things of that nature. So, uh, as for yesterday's capers, join us next week for another Black History Month episode of Yesterday's Capers.